All right. If you have your Bibles, open them up to Acts chapter 1. Today is Pentecost Sunday. Hallelujah. The service was great last night in Lapeer. I didn't even end up preaching. The praise and worship was so phenomenal that there was such a flow starting that I just started calling people out and prophesying. Probably prophesied over, what, 90% of the people there. There's probably 100 people there, I'm guessing. And so we were there for three hours, and I didn't even get to preach. It was just a different kind of a flow. Amen? It was awesome. So Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, we'll start off with here. The fo- it's getting it's quiet in here. What's going on? What is going on here? <laughs> Everyone gets quiet when I talk, talk about the perverts over there at the library. I don't know what's going on. All right, here we go. The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up, after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering uh, by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days after speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So after Jesus was resurrected from the dead, he didn't take the elevator up yet. He hung around for 40 days. Are you following me? All right. I mean, that's pretty awesome. Uh, wouldn't you love just to be a fly on the wall? What, what was he talking to them about, right? Well, guess what? We have the Holy Ghost who shows us and reveals things to us. Amen? Of what Jesus talked to them about. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Now go to Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. I mean, on Pentecost Sunday, you've got to read Acts, part of Acts 1 and Acts 2, right? It's just illegal if you don't. It's spiritually illegal, all right? Here we go. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came, from, uh, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. They spoke, they spoke. Your will has to be in it to speak in tongues. He just doesn't control your, your mouth. Are you following me? A demon will try, but not the Holy Ghost. You've got to cooperate with him, right? Okay, and there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused. Because everyone heard them speak in his own language. Then, then they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Look, are not all these who speak uh, Galileans? And how is it that we hear them in each of our own language in which we were born? Parthians and Medes, Elamites, those dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, and Pamphylia, Egypt, and parts of Libya adjoining Cyrene. 
visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. We're getting the point here, aren't we? We, we hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. So they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, whatever could this mean? Others mocking, there's always going to be someone who mocks. Others mocking said they are full of new wine. So, of course, today is Pentecost Sunday. Now, Pentecost means 50. Say 50. It simply means it's, it's the 50th day after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's the seventh Sunday or 50 days after Jesus was resurrected. It's a Jewish feast day. And we as Christians remember Pentecost and celebrate the initial outpouring of the Holy Spirit. It's a celebration of the promise of the Father. Now, the Holy Spirit is not in it. The Holy Spirit is not just a gift. The Holy Spirit is a person. Now, when I say person, I'm not talking flesh and blood. He has a mind, will, and emotions. That's a person. Demons are persons. They have a mind, will, and emotions. Are you following me? Okay, so he has a mind, will, and emotions. He is our helper. The message of, or the title of my message today is this, Beyond the Upper Room. Beyond the upper room. Many times on Pentecost, we focused on what happened in the upper room. But more importantly, what are the benefits that the Holy Spirit gives us beyond the upper room experience? Amen? The Holy Spirit baptism is not just meant to be one encounter and then forget about it. It should alter every area of the Christian's life. The Holy Spirit was given to us to be a witness for to testify about, to point people to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the purpose of the outpouring. Amen? Many people treat the baptism, listen to this, many people treat the baptism in the Holy Spirit in the body of Christ as an option. It's an option, right? That, That Christianity is just one big salad bar, and you can just pick whatever you want. Oh, you don't feel comfortable with Thousand Island? Go ahead, take ranch. I'm speaking some of your language right now. I know you're hungry. I'm feeding into that spirit. I gotta get okay. But people in the body of Christ, they view it as an option. It's optional, right? But listen to this: if you reject the baptism in the Holy Spirit in your life as a Christian, according to Acts one eight, you are rejecting the equipping power. Of the Holy Spirit. Think about that. You're rejecting the equipping power. The ability that Almighty God wants to give you the Christian in your life. To point people to Jesus. And there are personal benefits too. Amen. But why would a Christian, why would a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ refuse to receive that upper room experience. Why? Well, we can break it down a couple of ways here. There's many reasons, but let's break it down into this. Are you ready? Number one, tradition. I wasn't raised that way. Listen, that's no excuse. I was raised in a church for, over, for 20 years that didn't believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Are you following me? And I'm so on fire now, I almost burned carpet when I'm... Uh, come on, right? So that we know that's not an excuse to stay where you're at. Amen. Number two, fear. 
And that comes from a lack of teaching, a lack of knowledge about the topic. Amen? Teaching and talking about it will eliminate fear and every other mental stronghold that you have about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, most people, when they hear the word Pentecost, all right, what comes to most people's mind? A denomination. Pentecostal, right? It always goes to a denomination, but it's not. Can you imagine how much farther ahead that body of Christ would be if every Christian had an open heart to receive everything that God has for them, including the baptism in the Holy Spirit? Now, much of the blame with, with this uh, lack of understanding, this, the fear, the tradition... Much of it goes back, and you hear me talk about it a lot, is the whole seeker-sensitive movement in the body of Christ. All right? Uh, That seeker-sensitive movement has basically eliminated teachings on this and talking about it because it's controversial. No, oh no, 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 not just controversial, it's kind of weird, right? Uh, It's kind of strange, right? Okay? That's why. So what we have is we have some churches that back down on it because they would rather cater to the world than backslidden Christians. Are you following me? I know some pastors that are afraid to even demonstrate to their congregation speaking in tongues. Are you following me? Because they don't want to offend them. Again, how are you ever going to learn without there uh, an offense coming first? Amen. Right? I mean, think about it. If you have a tradition, if you have a fear, if you have a stronghold in your thought life, the, the minute a teaching comes that challenges that, what happens? A wall goes up. So we got to deal with that wall. Amen? Amen? Let them get offended. I'm not ashamed of the Holy Ghost. Amen? We as Christians should be demonstrators of the power of God on this earth. And if that means that some... There's been people who come up to me and say, I never heard anyone speak in tongues before. Can you do it? I'm like, Sure, I'll do it for you. Listen, if Jesus told 500 believers to wait to receive the Holy Spirit back then... How much more now do we need the Holy Spirit in this dark society? Right? When we got libraries that are approving child pornography, how much more do we need the power of the Holy Spirit? How much more do we need the anointing of the Holy Ghost to break through those hard hearts, those deceived minds? Amen? In Acts, in Acts, only 120 showed up out of the 500. Those 120 obedient believers to Jesus, listen, were enough to ignite a spiritual fire that would go around the world. The Holy Spirit revealed something to me. Listen to this. So Jesus gave the commandment to go to Jerusalem to wait for the promise of the Father. Right? The Holy Spirit. That's what he said. Listen to this. This is what the Holy Spirit showed me as I was studying this. Jesus did not tell them to go to an upper room. He told them simply, go to the city of Jerusalem and wait. Are you following me? Listen to this. Out of the 500, 120 had the same mindset. 
120 had the same mindset and the same unity. The other 380 scattered. They wanted to do their own thing. But listen, this is what the Holy Spirit said. He said a unity was formed in the 120 before they even got in the upper room. Because they got together. After Jesus said, let's go, you know, go to Jerusalem and wait. All of a sudden, 120 who had the same spirit, the same mindset said, okay, guys, where are we going to hang out now? Where are we going to wait for this thing? Where's this prayer meeting going to be? Are you following me? When you are around the remnant, when you're around people that love Jesus as much as you do, people have that same kindred spirit, and it will create a unity, listen to me, without working for it. Oh, my. If you have to force, if you have to work, if you have to overlook a, a major thing in the Word of God, if you have to get rid of a major teaching in the Word, Word of God, it's not worth it. Oh, my. Don't lower your biblical standards. Are you following me? Again, if you have to work for it. See, isn't it good? Isn't it so good when you meet someone? And all of a sudden, you start talking about the Lord. And, and they're, they're start talking, they start talking about the power of God. They start talking about the love of God. And all of a sudden, it's like you're just drawn to that person. Yes. It didn't take any work. Yes. You are among your own company. Yes. Are you following me? So here's what I want to say. Sometimes division or a separation is a blessing. Yes. Division or separation from those that would hinder unity. The Word of God says that the 120 were all in one accord in one place. Here's what the Holy Spirit said. He said that if the 380 showed up, there wouldn't have been any unity. Oh, you didn't hear me. Oh, you didn't hear me. I'll just come over here and play the drums a little bit. Oh, you didn't hear me. If the 380 would have shown up, there wouldn't have been the unity that would have released the Holy Ghost outpouring. There's times in our services that you can feel, you can sense a spiritual dam. You can sense a hindrance because of a lack of unity, can't you? The Word of God says there is, there is blessing in true unity among Christians. Amen. Always seek out unity. Uh, those that you truly connect with. Uh, you cannot force biblical unity. You cannot force biblical unity. That person, it has to be a settled thing on the inside of them for there to be biblical unity. Amen? If you need a prayer partner, if you need someone to stand in faith, uh, seek out a 120 Christian. Yes. Yes. Seek out a 120 Christian. Amen? So now, let's go. Enough. I set the foundation. Let's talk about going beyond the upper room, all right? I want to talk about some points that the Holy Spirit gave me to share with you to be aware of when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. What, what, was, what was some of the evidence when the Holy Spirit fell in the book of Acts? What, when the Holy Spirit falls on a person and baptizes them, when they have an encounter with the Holy Spirit, what's some of the evidence? What's the evidence going to be? The first point is this. When you truly have an encounter with the Holy Spirit, very simple, 
He will cause you to leave the upper room. What do I mean by that? When you have an encounter with the Holy Spirit and you're endued with power, He will motivate you to leave that place, to leave the four walls and impact society. Are you following me? He will cause you to leave to impact people around you. See, the Holy Spirit does not and will not empower you to just sit within four walls. His power is meant to be released and distributed to people. Are you following me? His power is meant to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ and advance the kingdom of God. Show me a Christian that says they had an encounter with the Holy Ghost and filled with the Spirit, and I'll show you a Christian that desires to reach people. The Holy, why? Because the Holy Spirit is interested in people. Believe it or not. Amen? The power, the gifts of the Spirit are not meant for you. They're meant to flow through you to be a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to this. The Holy Spirit spoke this to me. He said, he said, a Holy Spirit baptized Christian is a living and moving generator filled with the power of God. Yes. Say generator. generator. You're a generator. If you've been baptized with the Holy Ghost, you've been filled with His power, you're a moving and living generator. Everywhere you go, you are carrying the power of God and you need to release it. What good is it? What if you bought a generator for your home? You start that thing up and it doesn't work. It's not releasing any power. What would you do? Hey, you get, guy, come back and pick this up. It's not working. I want a new one. Let's just get practical here, right? I've heard some Christians say, I don't, you know, just kind of frustrated. They said, I don't flow in the gifts of the Spirit. And I say this, the first, one of the first things I always pop back at them is this. Well, have you positioned yourself to flow in the Holy Ghost? Have you positioned yourself to be used by the Holy Spirit? And a lot of times they'll be like, well, not really. You got to get out there. You got to get out there. Listen, among the people, because his power is meant to be distributed to people. Amen. You will be amazed when you have the courage to step out, to press through that fear, how, how the Holy Spirit will give you the power and equip you for that mission. The Holy Spirit loves people. Say that. Say, the Holy Spirit loves people. And when you love them also, here's what happens. Here's what happens. You and the Holy Spirit have something in common. And He will flow through you like never before. The Word of God says this in, in 1 Corinthians six seventeen. It says that He that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit with him. Amen. You know that what that's talking about? That's talking about unity. Say unity. unity. If you are joined to the Lord in unity, you will share in the same interest that he has. Yes. How do you know if you've been touched by the Holy Ghost? You're going to share the same interest as him. Come on, somebody. Remember, we have the same Holy Spirit that anointed Jesus. The same Holy Spirit that moved Him with compassion. The same Holy Spirit that motivated Him. Amen? And when we read the Gospels in the Word of God, our ministry to people should look a lot like the ministry of Jesus. Why? Because it's the same Holy Spirit that anointed Him. Are you following me? 
So the Holy Spirit will cause you and I to leave the upper room. When you do, you will leave an impact for Jesus. You will impact society like never before. Amen? Which leads me to my next point. Beyond the upper room experience, the Holy Spirit will cause you to put yourselves in in situations to boldly confront evil and injustice. The Holy Spirit will cause you, will stir you up and to motivate you to confront evil and injustice. He will stir your spirit. He will influence, influence you. He will compel you to disrupt, like I talked about a couple of weeks ago, to disrupt the flow of evil on this earth. If the, if, if the evil and injustice you see around you doesn't bother you, if this library thing doesn't bother you, you're too full of the world and self to even be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. If you want to hear from and be led by the Holy Spirit, guess what? Rid yourself of self. Oh, the Holy Spirit spoke this to me when I, when I wrote that. He said this, Only one person can sit in the captain's seat. I, I'm a pilot. I've never seen two people in the captain's seat. If I did, I would grab the one on top and punch him and pull him away. <laughs> what are you doing? Only one person can sit in the captain's seat of your life. It's either you or the Holy Ghost. When the 120 left the upper room, they operated in the gift of tongues. Listen, not praying in tongues. Did you ever catch that? They operated in the gift of tongues. In other words, the Holy Spirit um, came upon them and enabled them to speak the same language as the people in that city. That's the gift of tongues. A Holy Spirit-baptized Christian, every Holy Spirit-baptized Christian can pray in tongues, but they won't necessarily have the gift of tongues. Right? Okay. So are you following me so far? Are you with me? You awake out there? All right. So the 120 were also, it says, so, so the gift of tongues was operating through them on the day of Pentecost in Acts 2. But then it also says that they were boldly speaking the works of God. When the Holy Spirit is involved, there will always be a boldness attached to it. That drum set's looking mighty... Uh... When the Holy Spirit is involved, when the Holy Spirit is motivating you to speak, when He's motivating you to step in and stop the flow of evil, there's always a boldness attached to it. Anybody see the video of me speaking to the library and and the people from Living Waters Chapel? That was the Holy Spirit. That was boldness attached to it. Amen? We must learn to lean into the Holy Spirit and not into our own flesh. Listen to this. Jeremiah 17 says this, that if we depend on flesh, do you know what it says? We're cursed. Whoever leans upon, whoever depends on the arm of flesh, you're inviting a curse into your life. But whoever trusts in the Lord is blessed. Hallelujah. 
When you are filled with the Holy Spirit, there is evidence. There is an anointing flowing from that person. You can feel, you can literally feel a difference in the words that are being spoken. You, ever, you, you know what I'm saying? You ever heard someone, when they speak in the flesh, it's just like, well, whatever. But when, when the anointing's on someone, yes. it's impactful. Right. Some people say, I felt goosebumps when I, when I heard that. That's the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Making it effective. Amen? Now, a powerful example is Stephen. Now, Stephen was not an apostle. All right? He served tables. But he obviously received the Holy Spirit baptism because it said he did miracles, signs, and wonders. Right? Go with me to Acts chapter 6. Let me show you an example here. This is a powerful. Say Stephen. All right. So Acts 6, verses 1 through 8. It says, Now in those days when the number of the disciples were multiplying, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists, because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. I promise I'm past puberty, people. My, I, last night, my voice is all messed up. Okay, so here we go. I'm 45, okay? Here we go. Here we go. Just for the record. Then the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, It is not desirable that we should, listen to this, that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer, and to the ministry of the word. And and the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip, uh, Prochorus, uh, Nicanor, Timon, uh, Parmenius, and Nicholas, a proselyte from Antioch, whom they set before the apostles. And when they had prayed, they laid hands on them. Listen to this. Then the word of God spread, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. And a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and signs among the people. So this wipes away the whole thing that Well, I can't walk in the power of God because I'm not a pastor. I'm not a minister. No, no. Stephen wasn't either. Are you following me? But he was full of the Holy Ghost and he did mighty things for God. So the apostles said they needed seven men to serve tables, tend to the widows, so they could fully give themselves to the word of God and prayer. The daily work of the ministry was obviously hindering them from spending time in the word of God in prayer. All right? They were getting so busy, they couldn't do it. Okay? That's why uh, they had to hire associate pastors. Are you following me? They needed some help here. Because the, the ones who were preaching the word and teaching the word, they were just getting too busy. And I'll tell you, when the pastor, gets, when he's too busy and he can't get into prayer or the word, there's a problem. Yeah. Amen? When a church grows so big, you're going to have to have someone, right, who kind of helps out, right? 
So that's not a good place to be when you're in ministry. You better stay filled with the word and maintain a powerful prayer life or else the church will suffer. But when they did this, when they got the help, it says that the church grew and prospered when they made this change. So Stephen was one of the seven that were chosen. For some reason, the Holy Spirit saw fit to put Stephen in the Word of God as an example. They chose seven, but the Holy Spirit said, no, I'm pulling Stephen out for an example. All right? All right, so the Holy Spirit focused on him in this account, so he wants us to glean something. So Stephen was filled with the Holy Spirit, wisdom, and power. He even did great signs and wonders among the people. All right. Again, again, I got to say, he was not even in the fivefold ministry. He wasn't. Come on, somebody. So Stephen was a powerful man of God used mightily by the Holy Spirit. He boldly. Here's what happened now. He boldly preached Jesus to the priest, to the unsaved, to the religious people. Are you following me? So these religious people accused him of blasphemy. Right? Because they're all caught up in the whole Moses. They're still stuck in Moses thing. And here comes along Stephen wrecking their theology and saying, No, Jesus replaced. Come on. Moses was a type and shadow of the one which is to come. Are you following me? So these religious people got all upset. But listen, that didn't even stop Stephen. That didn't shut his mouth. When a person is filled with the Holy Spirit, they're on a mission. They will not stop. They will boldly proclaim the Word of God. Amen? I, look at in, in Acts six fifteen, it says that all who sat in the council. So Stephen is just wrecking their theology. I love it. Amen. He was wrecking their theology, and the council of priests. It says they looking steadfastly at at Stephen. They saw his face as an angel. Listen, these these people were angry. They were upset at Stephen for doing this, but they saw something on Stephen that was different. Come on, somebody. Here's what was going on. He was so filled. He was so covered with the anointing, with the glory of God, that he glowed. They seen a manifestation in the natural of what was taking place in the spiritual. So people will be able, I'm telling you right now, people will be able to see the glory of God upon you when you are filled and immersed with the Holy Spirit. Have you ever, anybody ever seen that before? Where you prayed over someone or something, or you've seen someone so filled that literally there was a glow coming off of them. All right? So that does happen. Uh, Acts chapter 7. Go there with me. I'm talking about going beyond the upper room. Amen? Acts seven fifty one. So here's Stephen. He comes in like a wrecking ball. I like this guy. And he says this, You stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit as your fathers did. So do you. Which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? Man, he was laying it on heavy here. And they killed those who foretold the coming of the just one, of whom you now have become the betrayers and murderers who have received the law by the direction of angels and have not even kept it. When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart. Say cut to the heart. When you're speaking under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, people are cut to the heart. 
and they gnashed at him with their teeth. But he, Stephen, being full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God and said, Look, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man, Jesus, standing at the right hand of God. Then they cried out with a loud voice, stopped their ears, and ran at him with one accord. And they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their, their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul. This is the same Saul who later became Paul, who wrote a lot of, who the Holy Spirit used to pen much of the word of God. And they stoned Stephen as he was calling on God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he knelt down and cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. And when he had said this, he fell asleep or he died. Listen, these people were so, there was such a demonic anger, such a demonic rage upon them. It said they gnashed at him with their teeth. But guess what? That didn't even stop a Holy Ghost-filled, Holy Ghost-baptized Christian. Come on, somebody. Even in the midst of being stoned to death, being filled with the Holy Spirit gave him strength to endure it. He even had a powerful encounter of seeing the Lord Jesus Christ standing. I don't know if you know this or not, but the Word of God in other parts says that Jesus sat at the right hand of God. But Stephen saw him standing. Jesus was honoring Stephen's faith. Jesus was honoring Stephen's boldness and stood up and allowed Stephen to see it. Do you understand the gravity of that account? That's amazing. So you know this then. When you stand for righteousness, when you stand for boldness filled with the Holy Ghost, Jesus is proud of you. Staying full of the Holy Spirit positions you even to receive visions and encounters in the presence of God. As Stephen was dying, he even prayed that God would not charge them with that sin. Can you imagine? Someone is killing you. Someone is murdering you. And you're crying out to God saying, God, they, don't, they have no idea what they're doing. Lord, don't, don't, don't. But someone comes along and bumps us. We're, we're just in outer space. Someone rides our, our behind here on, in the, on the highway, right? And we're on outer space. Yet Stephen was so filled with the Holy Spirit, being murdered, he was calling out for mercy for these people to God. Being and staying filled with the Holy Spirit will help you to maintain forgiveness toward those who have wronged you. I'm telling you right now, that's an evidence. Stephen is such a powerful example of staying filled with the Holy Spirit. The more you read and feed on the Word of God, listen to this, you will notice that you will become more sensitive to the things around you. You will have a sharper discernment. Here, you will have, you'll be less tolerant of evil and injustice. What didn't bother you before is starting to bother you now. You start seeing things more clearly, the way that God views them. I got people who are contacting me and say, say, you know, I, I saw the video and, you know, and you're speaking the word of God. I, I'm seeing this clearly now. 
They have literally have said that to me. My mind has been changed about this. Here we go. The Holy Spirit influence us, influences us. What's another evidence of the Holy Spirit coming upon you? He influences us to release sound through our spoken words, and He responds to that sound. Think about this. This is a deep. This is deep. Now, are you ready? He influences us to release sound through our spoken words, and He re- responds to sound. He responds to our spoken words, and. He responds to, he wanted me to add this, to music. You want to get the presence of God in your house? Play praise and worship music. The Holy Spirit responds to sound. Listen, it's the ultimate partnership on this earth. We have, listen, we have been given authority on this earth, but by our own free will. Listen, okay, all right, I got to tell you this. We have been given authority on this earth not the Holy Spirit. Oh, now that's messing with someone's theology right here. God gave humans authority on this earth, not the Holy Spirit. Okay, listen. Stick with me. Say I'm with you. Listen to this. So we have been given authority on this earth, but by our own free will, we submit to the Holy Spirit to lead and guide, guide us so that His power, listen, His power can flow through our authority. Yes, Did you? Oh, thank you, honey. I appreciate that. <laughs> listen to this. Let me say it one more time. Ready? For those that are taking notes, all right? Here we go. By our own free will, we submit to the Holy Spirit to lead and guide us so that His power can flow through our authority. That's the same thing when someone is led by a demon. Are you following me? You're letting them use your authority. That's why this earth is a mess right now, because we got a whole bunch of humans that are letting the power of demons, the power of the devil... They're yielding to them and allowing their power to flow through their God-given authority. The kingdom of darkness is terrified of a Christian that yields and submits to the Holy Spirit's leading. The enemy, the enemy wants you to bypass the Holy Spirit. The enemy is good with anything else. You you know, push your own free will. Push the flesh. Push anything else except yielding and submitting to the Holy Spirit. Why? Here's what the Holy Spirit showed me. Are you ready for this? Because it's a reminder to the enemy of how the Holy Spirit flowed through Jesus to overcome temptation and advance the kingdom of God in power. And it's because Jesus overcame that temptation, our faith in Him makes us righteous. Oh my. Jesus was submitting Himself. Can we all agree that Jesus submitted His will to the will of the Holy Spirit? Absolutely it did. So we need to be that constant reminder to the enemy as ambassadors for Christ. We need to yield to the leading of the Holy Spirit. So His power, here it is again, His power can flow through our authority on earth. So the Holy, in, uh, Holy Spirit influences us to release the sound of our voice. And He responds to that sound. 
That, think about this now. So if you're ministering to someone, right, you're ministering to someone, the Holy Spirit will lead you to pray a certain way. What's interesting is this, that he leads us to pray a certain way because he's going to respond to what's spoken. He's leading us to speak it and then he responds. Are you seeing it? He says, hey, pray this. Why? Because you have authority, not the Holy Spirit. He doesn't have authority until you scoot over and let him in the captain's seat of your life. Amen? Go to Ephesians chapter 5. I'm almost done. That, that is a powerful revelation that will change your walk with God forever if you will take hold of that. Because most people think, ah, God, well, I mean, he's just going to do whatever he wants, right? Well, that's interesting because right now someone's being murdered. Someone's being raped. Someone's being, there's a, a baby being aborted right now. Come on, somebody. Well, God's in control. Is he? Humans are. And he's only in control if you let him be in control. But this is also a positive thing. Because if your life is a wreck right now, guess what? You have the power to change your life. With the help of the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 5. Don't keep blaming others for where your life is right now. Don't do it. You have the power and authority to rise up and make a change. Don't let the devil cheat you out of it. Amen? Amen. Ephesians 5, 15 through 21. I didn't get to preach last night, so I'm going scorched earth on you guys today, okay? Ephesians 5, 15 through 21. Listen to this. See then that you walk circumspectly or cautiously, not as fools, but as wise. Why? Because you have authority. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Oh, so it's even in your power to redeem the time that you wasted. Think about that. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation. Excess is another word. But be filled with the Spirit. My advice, stay away from alcohol. It does nothing good for a person. It's brought much pain and harm into people's lives, right? (laughs) Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting to one another in the fear of God. So being filled, according to this, being filled with the Holy Spirit uh, by singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord and giving thanks to Him. Say thanks. Thanks. You're welcome. Now, uh, if you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you will be thankful and speaking words of thankfulness. How do I know if someone's filled with the Holy Ghost? They're going to be thankful to God. How do you know if they're running a little low in the tank? They're negative. Are you following me? Many Christians complain and are negative, and they literally quench the Holy Ghost. They shut Him up. Why? Because you have authority, not the Holy Ghost. He's waiting for you to say, Holy Ghost, have your way through me. 
So the next time you hear a Christian complain and be negative, you need to tell them you need to get filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Your tank's a little empty. Right? Someone, someone put some sugar in your gas tank here. Why do I, why am I keep going with this? I don't know. But anyways, whatever you are filled with will come out. If you're filled with the Holy Ghost, righteousness will come out. If you're filled with the flesh and demons, junk will come out. What goes in must come out. So who and what are you filled with today? I want you to notice in this passage in Ephesians, it says that we are to walk circumspectly or cautiously, not as fools, and not to be unwise, but to understand what the will of the Lord is. And then it goes on to talk about being filled with the Holy Spirit. So it means this, being and staying filled with the Holy Spirit will help you then and help me identify and understand the will of God. Have you ever had someone where there is something so clear, something so unmistakable to see this is the will of God, but some Christian comes along and can't even see it? Why? Because their tank is empty. They need a refill. And when you get a refill, your whole vision starts to change. Amen? A lack of being filled and staying filled with the Holy Spirit will manifest confusion concerning the will of God. So when we stay filled with the Holy Spirit, His voice will be the loudest among all the voices that are trying to pull at us in life. You guys ever feel like you're being pulled left and right? Right? So when we stay filled with the Holy Spirit, His voice is going to be the loudest on the inside. And we'll be more sensitive to his promptings. I want to encourage everyone in this place and those watching around the world right now online to receive, number one, the Holy Spirit baptism. If you haven't done that yet, it's very easy. All you need to do is simply ask God, Father, baptize me with the Holy Spirit. I wish I could make it more complicated and write a new book about that and copyright it, but I can't. It's so easy. If it was a snake, it would bite you, as she always says to me. Yeah. I always ask her, where is this? She goes, if it was a snake, it would bite you. I'm like, oh, right here, thanks. It takes demonic confusion not to see how simple it is. Why? Because dead religion has made it hard. Dead religion. Who do you think is involved with that? The enemy, because he doesn't want you to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. So it's time that we get and stay filled with the Holy Spirit and time to leave the upper room. It's time for the body of Christ to go beyond the upper room and impact society around us. And it all comes down to this. Are you ready? Allow the power of the Holy Spirit to flow through your authority. Let's stand up in this place. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. Prayer team, come on forward. Oh, Lord. Now, maybe there's someone in here. Number one, so I've been talking about baptism in the Holy Spirit, but some of y'all might not even be saved. The first step is is you've got to make Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life. If you have never made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life, I want you to come forward 
and pray with one of these prayer partners here today. It's time. Don't, I'm telling you right now, don't leave this place. You don't know when your last day is going to be on this earth. And once you take your last breath, game over. It's done. No, there's no purgatory. There's no waiting room. Are you following me? There is no waiting room between earth and heaven. The decision must be made now while you have breath in your lungs. I'm telling you right now, so it's tugging on someone. Someone's being tugged. Someone's, that's the Holy Spirit trying to tug you, tug on you and tell you to come forward and to make Jesus Lord of your life. If that's you, come to this altar and pray and believe and receive eternal life. Amen? Now, maybe you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism. If you want to receive the Holy Spirit baptism today, come to this altar and these individuals are going to pray with you to receive. Amen? And I'm telling you, some of you are saying, man, that sounds exciting. I want to flow in the gifts. Well, guess what? You need to be Holy Spirit baptized first. It will change your spiritual walk forever. If you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism, I'm telling you right now. It will... (laughs) I'm just saying... You need to come and do it today. And, and you don't have to understand everything. You don't have to be a theologian. You don't have to understand it. All you need to do is ask and believe. Amen? Now, there's some in here, you're backslidden. You don't know if you'd go to heaven if you took your last breath right now. That's too big of a gamble. If you want to rededicate your life today, you've been going through some things, you've been given into bondage, you've been given into things, come forward and pray with someone today. If you need prayer for anything else, healing, deliverance, whatever you need today, they're going to be here and we're going to wait here as long as we can. And we want to minister to you today. Amen. Visitors, I want to thank you so much for coming. There's a visitor's card in front of you. If you want to fill that out, just uh, put it in the suggestion box in the back. Um, But uh, visitors, thank you so much. We appreciate you. I appreciate everybody here with Living Waters Chapel. Guys, we're making a move. I want to encourage you, contact the library people. Amen? Do it, because we're not giving up on this fight. Amen? This is just dead wrong, and we're moving forward in the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen? All right, everyone, have a great week. I love you all. If you need me, grab a card, give me a call or a text. Love you all. Have a great week.